This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, telling lies. It may happen a lot more than we think. Some people lie a great deal, and some people lie very rarely, if at all. The problem there is, if they're lying, why should they tell you the truth about how often they lie? Who's more likely to tell the truth when Radio Health Journal returns? Two new studies show that uninsured heart attack, stroke, or heart bypass patients are likely to suffer a personal financial catastrophe. The studies, which were presented at the American Heart Association's scientific sessions, found that 15% of heart attack and stroke patients and 9% of heart bypass patients were uninsured before passage of the Affordable Care Act. And more than three-quarters of each group experienced catastrophic hospitalization costs. Dr. Rowan Kara of the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas was lead author of one study. Medical bankruptcy is the leading cause of bankruptcy in the United States. A substantial number of people are still uninsured, but the Affordable Care Act increased those who do have insurance. Median hospitalization charges for strokes were more than $31,000, for heart attacks more than $53,000, and coronary artery bypass surgeries ranged as high as $177,000. Nobody tells the truth all the time, and it's not always a bad thing. For example, we let people down easy when they ask if their genes make them look fat. But these days, many of us may perceive that everybody lies about everything. Could that be true? We asked Dr. Matthew Lupoli, a social scientist at the University of California, San Diego, who's done a number of studies on lying. It is quite common. So there was a diary study about 20 years ago that basically just asked people to write down each instance of lying in their daily life. Maybe something like one in six interactions people were telling lies. So it is quite common. I don't think anybody knows how often people lie. Dr. Paul Ekman of the University of California, San Francisco, is one of the world's foremost experts on lying and lie detection. His work was the inspiration for the TV series, Lie to Me. Some people lie a great deal. Some people lie very rarely, if at all. The problem there is, if they're lying, why should they tell you the truth about how often they lie? And since we never really know, most of us give others the benefit of the doubt, even when we should be able to see through them. Ekman says most people are lousy liars, but they get away with it most of the time anyway. They get away with lying because most people really don't want to know the truth. They don't want to expose lies. There are, of course, exceptions. People in law enforcement are the most obvious exception. But generally, do you want to find out that your adolescent son is using hard drugs? Well, yes, you do, but no, you don't. That's a bad thing to have to face, and so you try to avoid it, and so it'll be easy for your adolescent to succeed in the lie because you, the target of the lie, don't really want to know the truth. However, Lupoli says there are situations where the stakes are small and we probably expect to be lied to. That's the case of what's called a pro-social lie. A pro-social lie is a lie that is intended to benefit other people. So the typical example is your significant other asks how they look in those genes, and uh, the answer is not going to please them, so you tell them that they look great. Well, it's like after you've been invited somewhere for dinner and the food was not tasty, you're still polite, and you say, thanks so very much for the lovely dinner. 
There's a whole variety of these that are perfectly innocuous. It's sort of rude to not engage in those kinds of deceptions, these white lies. Most people wouldn't think of it as lying. They think of it as politeness. The motive is to be polite, but in point of fact, what the person is saying, they know is not true. So in that sense, fits the definition of a lie. But it's not the kind of lie that society cares about. However, sometimes a pro-social lie isn't quite so innocuous. For instance, in workplace, we are constantly solicited feedback from our colleagues, and there might be situations where our colleagues' performance was subpar, and in order to make that person feel confident or to prevent them from feeling hurt or discouraged, we give them overly positive feedback. But this can actually backfire in the long run because maybe what the colleague needs to improve is some honest criticism. Lupoli says pro-social lies create an ethical dilemma. On the one hand is honesty, on the other is the pain that telling the truth would create. So which one wins out, honesty or kindness? Lupoli constructed an experiment where people were asked to evaluate an essay written by a student, an essay that was badly written on purpose. After they completed their evaluation, half of the evaluators were told that the student had recently mourned the death of a close family member. After this, participants learned that they would have the opportunity to rate the essay again, except this time their evaluations were going to be shared with the essay writer. And so what we found was that those who were in the compassion condition, those who read about the death of a loved one, they inflated their evaluations of that essay to a greater degree when learning that the person would view their feedback. So essentially, compassion led people to tell pro-social lies in the form of giving overly positive feedback to others. Compassion increased both the magnitude of pro-social lying, so the extent to which they inflated their ratings on the scale, on the essay evaluation scale, and it also increased the probability of lying at all. No studies have been done on it, but Ekman suspects that as the stakes of a lie go up, compassionate people may be less likely to lie. Kindness prevents deception. They know that people get angry when they find out they've been deceived. That's why people would like to be better lie catchers than they are. But of course, my research shows that most people are not at all talented in being able to spot lies. The characteristics of a good liar have something to do with that, too. Well, it's knowing your target, knowing what it is they want to believe, and playing into that. But it's also being aware of your own feelings and being able to control your feelings so that your emotions, your true emotions, don't betray the lie. Letting the deception show is what gets even good liars caught. Ekman calls those slip-ups microfacial expressions. One of the things that occurs when people are deliberately feeling a strong emotion is that it leaks out in what I've called a microfacial expression, a very brief facial expression. Most facial expressions stay on the face for between a fifth and two seconds. A microfacial expression is on the face between a fifth and a 25th of a second. It's very brief. It's just a flash. You can miss it in a blink, and most people do. Ekman says polygraphs are only a little better than chance at detecting lies. But by watching for microfacial expressions, he can uncover lies about 95% of the time. 
You can find out more about all our guests on our webpage, RadioHealthJournal.net. Our production director is Sean Waldron. I'm Nancy Benson. Radio Health Journal returns with medical notes in just a moment. Hepatocellular carcinoma, or HCC, is the most common type of liver cancer and the fastest growing cause of cancer death in the United States. Despite this, a new survey conducted by Bristol-Myers Squibb in collaboration with Blue Ferry, the Adrian Wilson Liver Cancer Association revealed that 90% of caregivers of liver cancer patients wish there was more public awareness of the seriousness of a liver cancer diagnosis and 77% think it doesn't get as much attention as other cancers. Andrea Wilson is president and founder of Blue Fairy. Before my sister was diagnosed with HCC, I thought the only cause of liver cancer was alcoholism. These survey findings reinforce the need for greater awareness of liver cancer and also for more resources to help support caregivers and patients. To help address the needs caregivers identified in the survey, Bristol-Myers Squibb and Blue Fairy have launched LiverCancerOutlook.com, a website with information about the disease and links to patient and caregiver resources. For more information, visit LiverCancerOutlook.com. Medical Notes This Week About two-thirds of pregnant women in the United States use acetaminophen, but a new study suggests they may want to avoid it. The study in the journal Pediatrics shows that women who use acetaminophen long-term during pregnancy are more than twice as likely to have a child who later develops ADHD. Acetaminophen use before pregnancy showed no similar effect in women, but men who took the painkiller for at least a month leading up to conception produced children with a similar ADHD risk. COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease causes lung inflammation and has a high mortality rate. Steroids, which are often used to combat inflammation, don't work in COPD patients, leaving doctors with no effective treatment to stop its progress. But a study in the journal BMJ finds that a naturally derived compound from grapes can treat the inflammation of COPD. Researchers say it's very effective taken as a pill. Women who enter college majoring in scientific fields drop that major much more often than men, and experts have puzzled over how to keep them interested in science. Now a study in the journal PLOS1 suggests that women are falling victim to test anxiety. The study shows that when an entire semester's grades are based on just one or two high-stakes exams, women often choke on test anxiety. When grades are based on more frequent quizzes that each count for less, they often outperform men. And finally, if you want to smell the roses, try it toward the end of the day. A study in the journal Chemical Senses finds that the sensitivity of our sense of smell varies significantly throughout the day and is closely tied to circadian rhythms. Smell sensitivity is weakest in the early morning and strongest at about 9 o'clock at night. And that's Medical Notes this week. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.